Hey, everybody, welcome back to another episode of Brilliantly Resilient Live. We have one of our favorite people with us today, <laughs> our Southern Frad friend, Jane Jenkins Herlong. We just absolutely love Jane because, well, she speaks a lot more my language than Kristen's language because Jane and I are of the same, you know, ladies of a certain age and Kristen, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and Kristen doesn't always relate, at least to some of our stuff, but most of our stuff we can all relate to because Jane speaks of faith and family and humor. And we're just so happy to have you back with us again, Jane. Thanks for joining us. Oh, thank y'all. I love being with both of you, Mary Fran and Kristen. Y'all are the best. And when the book was, uh, they said, who were some influencers? Y'all were in the very top of my list. I said, these women they're the best. They, they got a great show going. I hope more people will enjoy the podcast, the YouTube, and y'all are awesome. So here we are again, and I'm honored. Here we are again. Pretty so honored. I want to I want to read just a little bit about your book. We are here to talk about Sweet Tea Secrets from the Deep Fried South. And could that be any more of a Southern title? I'm just saying. <laughs> it really couldn't. Southern humorist Jane Jenkins Herlong brings joy and humor with her 50 unusual but true, can't wait to hear the unusual but true stories, faith-filled stories of growing up in the South Carolina low country. Whether you love Southern ways of life or find their ways strange and amusing, you'll be entertained and inspired with warm Southern fried humor and tried and true tips for attaining your best version of yourself. So Let's dig in and hear about some of these unusual, true Southern Pride stories. How did this whole come about with this, with this particular you know, platform and, and format for this book? Well, to be honest, I started thinking about so many people that are new to our area, and that's fine. But I see a fascination with folks that have come to this part of the country. And I can tell you, we're close to Aiken, South Carolina. We live in a really small town. And when the book came out, my husband is the director for the uh, symphony. I don't know how he got that job. Let's just <laughs> put that right out there. But he's just a good man and he's got a good head. Thank goodness. That's why I married him. And so I took, I took the book to church. It was during the Messiah. And Thomas looked at me and said, don't you go showing that book to all these people that have moved down from the north. And I said, I won't. Of course, doing the Messiah, I'm going, Psst, y'all want to see my book? <laughs> and it just went all down the, the aisles and down the back up. And, you know, so Thomas was mad, but he stays mad. You know, just like my mama said, could you get mad place and get glad? You know, I get sang over it. the Messiah years ago in a, in a concert. And um, there are plenty of spots in there where you could pick up a book and just be and just read it. I mean, it's, you know, the Messiah is amazing, but it's not, it's long. So, you know, I could, I could see taking a laugh break every once in a while. Well, it's got Jesus in the book. So, I mean, it worked, the Messiah. I mean, I felt like there was a theme somehow. I always like to connect the dots. <laughs> so that's kind of how the book started. And then I'm from a place where there's it's a lot of multicultural folks. They're Black people. They're Hispanics, where I grew up. And of course, um, just all kinds of different people. And y'all, we loved each other. We just got along famously. And my daddy was kind hearted and gave people employment and built homes for people that were in need, took folks to the doctor that needed care. And uh, I thought, this is not right. I've got to let people know that not every place 
in the South is mean and ugly and we just don't love people. Man, we love people. So, I mean, I just grew up in a community that embraced diversity. So that was important to me to get the message out. But my bless his heart, my agent said, I just don't know, Jane, if you should put that in there. And I said, okay. So I took it out and then he didn't see, but I put it back. I was going to say, you didn't take it out. You might have taken it out temporarily, but I know you, girl, you put it right back in there. (laughs) I did. I mean, I've got stories. Let me see if I can pull this up about uh, Tootsie. Her name was Ruth and she was my, my other mother. I mean, I could not have survived childhood without this godly praying woman who, let me see if I can get this so y'all can see. This is her teaching me how to make biscuits. Oh, <laughs> of course, we had, a shot. <laughs> we had a great flower fight. <laughs> <Epic>. <laughs> and she would laugh and laugh at me because I didn't know what I was doing. Still don't. So I wanted people to know about our values, our love for each other. Our storytelling, we got some, you know, like my grandmama said, get in the car, you're going to meet your kin. I said, okay, Sunday afternoons, you know, I bet you y'all did that too. I don't know about Kristen though. I bet you, Mary friend. We did. You go see your family. Yeah. Yeah. So I drive up this old, did you do that too? I'll tell you what, I was the only girl with four brothers. So I went to every bridal shower, baby shower. I went and was always all, all of the aunts, my mom's aunts, you know, so my great aunts and my grandmother would all pack into the station wagon. (laughs) That's how I met all the women in my family. But I still remember being in that station wagon and the one aunt that always had gum and the one aunt that was always picking at everybody. And it was just, I knew all of the women in my family and my brothers didn't because they didn't go to those activities. Well, that's great. You know what? I mean, if you can't get in the car and go on Sunday afternoon, just cause you had a great reason to go. So that works. That's a blessing, yeah. you know? Yeah. It was so we, we pulled up. Yeah. We pulled up this old farmhouse, no paint. Everybody had on, it wasn't sass. It was pre pre sass shoes. The ladies had the cotton house dresses on and clear all blue hair. Okay. <laughs> I swear there is a shade of clear all blue. <laughs> And so they look like they cut you. I scared of them. I really, until, you know, and so my grandmother says, this is your cousin, Wee Wee. And this here is your aunt Fanny. I thought, where do these people get their names from? <laughs> <What is this? laughs> so, but they were fun. They'd sit and talk and say, y'all hear about Bob and Elizabeth. You know, they done had a robber broke in the house <laughs> and the robber done put the gun at Elizabeth's head. He said, what's your name? She said, Elizabeth. He said, I can't kill you. That was my mama. That was her name. <laughs> then he put the gun at Bob's head and said, what's your name? And he said, Bob, but my friends call me Elizabeth. <laughs> so... <laughs> I mean, when you grow up and then I remember singing at a, so my cat's going to get into the action, y'all say, hey, Jinxie Kitty. <laughs> kitty. <laughs> Jinxie Kitty, my little wayward kitty. But um, so then when you go, I sang at a nursing home one time and this woman stood up and went, oh, darling, you done so good. She said, I ain't never given nobody a standing ovulation. I went, <laughs> 
<laughs> this episode is going to have to come with a warning. Instead of the explicit, it's going to have to be put your beverages down. Do not be driving while listening. Pull over. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> oh, but it's all true, y'all. All that stuff happened. And all so this is in the book? It, yes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That, that is in some, yeah, I've got other books. This is number five. But you know what I love about this little book? And it comes out, suppose everybody pray, on April the 18th. But you can order it now. And hey, by the way, if you order it and send me proof of purchase at jane at janeherlong.com, I'll send everybody a tote bag. That's what y'all oh, are going nice. to say. Yeah, a tote Holy bag. Day with sweet tea wisdom and Southern fried humor. I love it. You know what I love? I love that I love about you that that there is always this undercurrent of joy. I mean, clearly, we've all had stuff, we've all had issues, we've all had major things that we've that we've gone through and that we've had to deal with. But you always find a way to to take that and not only infuse it with something higher, like a faith-filled kind of reaction, but that humor thing. There's always that looking for the light. And is that something that you, I think that's something that you do when you speak to people and in all of your books, right? I do. I, I try to. I really, I think, I feel like I've been through stuff that I've connected it with a biblical spiritual principle. And I always like to connect those things. Uh, like my mother's favorite verse of scripture. I'll have to read it to you. For every headache you have, there is a woman out there with an aspirin in her purse. <laughs> That's, that's in that's in scripture. <laughs> that was my mother's Bible. According to women. <laughs> so you better be good to your man. <laughs> so I've got like a sweet tea secret. You see in that cute on the little tea bag. Oh, oh yeah. Oh my goodness. Yeah. How, how cute. I know. And then I'm I'm giving away bags of tea. Little tea oh, little Isn't tea. That bag? Sweet. Yeah, I love my mother's favorite scripture. She really thought that was in the Bible, bless her heart, you know. Mm. So. so where did this, where does this, is this, I feel like, and, and again, I'm a northerner, so we're, we're north of that Manson-Dixon line thing. So, but is this, is this idea of, is the humor that you infuse everything with, is that a cultural thing? Is that a Southern thing? Is that a Jane thing? I mean, we know it's a Jane thing. But I kind of get the feeling that there is always this undercurrent of wry humor down south. Is that the case? I think we just find humor everywhere. I, I do. I try to look for humor. Uh, and like last week, I spoke at a church and my publicist said, now you go out and you speak as much as you can. And the sweet little Methodist church asked me, and you know, what can we do? Well, you know, I'm promoting the tea book. And I said, let's just do Sweet Tea uh, Secrets from the Deep Fried South, which is the name of the book. And it's just humor and music because I sing. And I said, this will be so much fun. Well, they said, come on to the fellowship hall. We decorate. And this was two months ago. I thought, boy, they early. I walked into a chuck wagon, a corral, a jail, uh, a horse, a cow. I mean, a, a noodle, a pool noodle that was green with toothpicks in it. That was a cactus. And the, they did a Wild West thing. I said, what, what, what? 
I mean, and, and let me just tell you, net net, it was the most fun I had in a long time. But I didn't know what I was going into. And they said, would you close? And I thought they were going to say in prayer. And she said, with happy trails. So happy trails to you until we meet again. I did that. They wanted me to dress up like a cowgirl. I went, you know, uh, I don't I don't do that. Yeah, you and then draw there was somewhere. Well, the translation got a little mixed up because they wanted me to, um, what was the other thing? Oh, she asked me how long my skit was on the Wild West. I went, whoa, mama, we got off of that. So I said, what about the tea? And they said, oh, we're going to serve it over here in antique teacups. I don't know. I don't know how, but I had the best time. They were dear. It was fun. You know, everybody had, you know, whether you wanted to dress up, whatever. It was a ball. And I loved it. You know, at first I thought, what's going on? But I had a great time. They were so sweet. But you know what? That's a that's a takeaway of life. You got to go with it, people. Go with it. And yep. you can't sit there try to fix like we do as women. We're just fixers. I've learned that. I mean, my child just graduated from college. It took him ready for presidents. I didn't say years. I did not say years for presidents. Okay. So, and Obama had two terms. Let me just throw that out there. Two terms. <laughs> and it was still it took a long, long. <laughs> Well, I have to so, jump in here anyway and, and say the whole go with it thing. I honestly just this this past weekend, I was talking to my dad and I was talking to uh, the guy that I'm dating. We went out to dinner and I said, for the first time in my life, I just turned 50. And I don't know if it has to deal with being 50 or coming through COVID and doing this show and hearing all the resilience and finding sense of humor. For the first time ever, I feel like I am in a mode of I'm going to just go with it. I am over the control freaking. I am over worrying about the outcomes because there nothing is going according to plan. So I figure I'm going to show up and do my best. I'm going to have a great time. And then what happens, happens. And I have to tell and both of them were like, really? Like, are you okay? And I said, I really am going to be a recovering control freak because it's not fun for me anymore to worry about how everything's going to turn out. Honey, let me just tell you, you just gave yourself the biggest gift in the world. And it, you know, with my son, Holmes, who's very funny, I, I mean, I really prayed about it. And it's like the Lord finally said, if you keep nagging and trying to change his nature, you're going to lose him totally. Yeah. So be quiet, pray for him. And steer the nature. You can't change a person's nature, but you can try to direct it. And you might not be the one that you're that's supposed to direct the nature. And mm -hmm. I prayed and he got a wonderful roommate that kind of helped him up his game. But, you know, sometimes I believe God is telling us something about ourselves more than he's trying to help our prayers fix something we can't control. And that is a good point. To be honest, it, it's so it's so perfect that you say that because Kristen and I often talk about perspective and perception and then not being married to an outcome when you want something to happen, because. 
first of all, you don't have control over it. And second of all, we just don't always know best. And unless you're living on an island somewhere, there are always going to be other people, other variables, other things that enter into any kind of a situation. And when you can just kind of put a general, I hope this goes well for everyone out there and you can evolve with the situation. Like you said, that's the biggest gift that you can give yourself. Well, I just, I think stress is a killer. I've seen it kill people that I love and you, you have to get life skills to handle stress. And I, I don't know about y'all, but I might've mentioned this when we chatted last time, but part of stress is letting things go. Things that you might love. I mean, my, I saw my best friend just spiral down into a grave from alcohol and I loved her, but I couldn't help her. I really couldn't. Yeah. I hope my cat's not messing up my internet. Seriously, my cat is sitting on top of my internet. We can still hear it. Yeah, we can oh, still okay. hear it. Got it. But you know, there, not too, but there is a there is a very valid point there that we have to we have to love and we have to care and we have to put the best part of ourselves out there, but we have to limit our attachment and absorption of the stuff that goes along with all that because we don't really have control over it and and i i think that's probably one of the themes that runs through your book oh for for sure that that's so true and really stuff i learned like i never knew my grandmother could fire a rifle she almost blew somebody's head off she <laughs> i you I, know I, I was staying with her after my granddaddy died and somebody was trying to break in the house and she had on that little house coat and that little net thing on her head. And I was had to shoot over my head with my sister. We were just shaking, going, oh, no, somebody's trying to kill us. And I heard, get off my porch. I'm, I just scared my cat. Get off my porch. I'll blow your head off. It was one of those lever action rifles, you know, like that. And I went, who's that man? What was Grandmother McElveen? I mean, she taught me that sometimes you got to adjust to the situation. And then all of a sudden he runs off scared to death, which was good. And then all of a sudden she comes back to the bedroom and all, sweet grandmama came back, darling, y'all okay. But I, I put that in my book because you, there, there are just times and you will see this as you walk through life. It's good. And the Bible says it's good that we have trials because stuff is coming. And when we can handle those things as life unfolds, we'll have a better life, long, long run of the life. I feel sorry for people that have never had a knock, a hard knock or something to help them be resilient as you all put so you know brilliantly resilient. It takes having those times I mean, I'm in a Bible study at the Baptist church. We became meth Baptists for six weeks. We call it meth Baptist. Sounds like a drug. But, you know, I'm sitting there and there's this little thing right down the times when God was speaking to you during a difficult time. Well, I had a paragraph. Um, well, uh, and I look over the little preacher's son who's real cute. Nothing. I'm saying, well, he's not old enough. And then I look over here and I'm thinking, well, she's old enough. What's her hard time, you know? But if I don't have anything, I said, well, if y'all got a good hour and a half, I can share. <laughs> but I thought, well, I'm glad that I know what I know. I'm glad that I was led to get the skills and to have a, hopefully the wisdom to put it in a book and some sweet tea takeaways to help people tap into the best version of themselves. That's the thing we want to do. 
And yeah. so we can take those hard times and look at them in a different, I call it the hokey pokey. If you do the right thing, you learn to shake it off and turn it around. Hello, life is good. <laughs> oh my God. I love that. I love that. <laughs> you know, you know what I think is so important, uh, Jane, that you, you're putting this book out there. First of all, it, it's entertaining and it's fun, but here's what I'm realizing. You know, my son is about to, my son will be graduating in four years, not four presidents. He's about to graduate college also. But I'm noticing with him, and then my younger one is also in, my second one's in college, and I have one in high school. And with this group of ages, they're not getting the parents that let them have the hard knocks, that let them fail at stuff, that there's not a lot of failure being allowed. It's kind of like it's a generation of fear of failure, and they, they don't have those skills of resilience. So when you put a, a book out there of, of some hard knocks and how you bounce back and comebacks after setbacks, then people, the, especially the younger people, can really learn about when life gets hard. Because what I'm finding is these kids, something hard comes and they don't know what to do. And then they, they're crushed and they can't come back up from it. Because we, I mean, I know it's all done in love. We try to prevent suffering in our kids, right? But I'm like, I look at my kids and I go, you should be cheering over all the mess that's happened in our lives. You are ready for the world. You know, but I, I will say, I mean, I joke about it, but I will say when, when certain things that knock my kids' friends off their center and they just don't know how to handle it, my kids are like, they can spin around much easier. They can hokey pokey their way out of stuff because a lot <laughs> of times it's like, ah, I've been down this road before. All right, let's, let's pivot and do something else. But um, that's why one of the reasons I'm so grateful you're putting this in the world for kids to get these skills from somebody else that they're not getting from our generation of momming that didn't give it to them. So very true. And you're absolutely just, I talked about that at length with a friend of mine yesterday, how we, in our attempt to love our children, have uh, created a barrier like the Pentagon. And I don't know about y'all, but my children are looking at this horrible thing happening in the Ukraine and they've never seen anything like that. They yeah. are absolutely like, what? We are a civilized people. And I said, you know what? There is evil in this world. And you can't, you cannot wrap your head around what some people face every single day. We see it because it's on our televisions so much now and it's so tragic. And we, I mean, my heart is just absolutely broken, mm. but you're right. The, our kids, I mean, I didn't see World War II. I saw Vietnam, which yeah. was a terrible um, situation, but um, we just really need to be in prayer for our world, our country, our young people, that they will see the totality of all that's going on and get the skills to help them handle whatever's coming, y'all. I don't know. You know, we live in very interesting times. And I think that's why I love the book, because it gives a sense of hope and humor. And the subtitle is, we changed it so many times, Sassy Sacred Southern Stories Filled with Hope and Humor. So that's kind of my message. Find the hope. You know, without vision, quote, hope, we perish. And a merry heart doeth good like a medicine. So to me, that's what this book is all about. And I think it's reasonably priced, too, because it's a hard, you know, it's a hard book, you know. So I, I love that part. But well, and so look at this. I'm I'm giving. I got to show. We're gonna have a little contest. But look at what I'm gonna give away too. That's a Charleston carriage. Oh my tour. gosh! Look at that. Isn't that beautiful? Oh, my cousin Jay Henderson cut that out. But this is the the beginning of the book. It's a carriage tour, and the end is the Charleston carriage tour. And this is all cut up my hand. So she did several of those for me. I'm gonna have fun contest to give give it away. 
I have to say Charleston is one of the most beautiful cities. I haven't done extensive traveling, but I was in Charleston and it is gorgeous. It is just, it's just a beautiful city. So that's a lovely, a lovely treat. Um, you know, the, the idea that I, the idea that you said, find the hope, I think about, I think often about some of the things that we went through, um, and I'm, I'm referencing myself here, but it's a general statement that you go through these things. And at the time you're like, oh my God, I'm never gonna get through this. And then years later, you look back at it. And I don't wanna say you laugh at the circumstances, but you can look back and go, holy cow, like I can't mm -hmm. believe it. And do you remember when that happened? And you, you kind of laugh through it. And it's not that the experience was funny. It's not that anything that happened at that time was funny, but it is a perspective that you get that you think, again, to help with future things. I made it through that and I can look back at it and go, oh my gosh, and laugh at parts of it. And that does inspire that hope. So the way that you join this hope and humor is not only wonderful for looking back at things in your life, but it does give you, I think, a foundation to approach new things that are happening, hope and humor. I, I think so too. I think especially going through all the pandemic and all that we experienced, that we've got to get our, our lives back. We've got to be hopeful. We've got to be focused. And I think we've got to get our talents hone together so we can share joy and encourage other people. I, mean, I don't care what your talents are. That's in the book too. Uh, my little, my aunt Naomi Herlong, she would bake a cake, you know, and, and why is that important? Well, it was dang good caramel cake. And she won awards after awards and she entered this Grange contest and won and we kept winning and winning. We eventually got a building that's our fellowship hall. So I tell people no talent is small. God uses all of us to fit into the kingdom. And it's it's important that we find it, use it, exploit it, whatever. I mean, I sit here all day and exploit my talent. I mean, I share it. You know, I, I'll write a song and throw it out there because I just want to share some joy with people. And I, I just brilliance. get this healing. That's your brilliance. And that's what Kristen and I talk about all the time. Your brilliance doesn't mean that you have to go build a school in Africa or you have to start a, you know, an organization. It can be that you bake this amazing cake that brings people joy. It doesn't matter the size. It matters that you share it and celebrate it. And that is a wonderful message. I, I think so too. And I think more people just think, well, wow, it's not big enough. Yes, it is. It can be huge. I mean, I read a story about a woman who ironed clothes for a living and she took all that money and sent children to college. I mean, what a, what a gift that is. So you can do anything. I mean, it's funny because when I, when people contact me, I send them a video of me making a grits casserole and I have another speaker friend. And after she speaks somewhere, she sends a video of herself folding a fitted sheet because people don't know how to fold. Oh my God. I have to watch that one. <laughs> I thought I saw her two weeks ago and I said, girl, you gave me the best idea. I mean, <laughs> and so we were in Naples, Florida. My husband's with New York life and with other companies as well, but he always has to tell me, correct that Jane. So I have to correct that. <laughs> so then we're with a guy who's like New York life superstar. And I said, so let me give you this idea. He said, oh, you know what I do really well? I make a peanut butter and jelly sandwich really well. <laughs> so here's this multimillionaire guy who's going to show us how to make a peanut butter and jelly sandwich. So but what I'm saying is all those little things, 
you know, when you when you reach out to other people and you share something that, hey, this is a talent I have. People love that kind of stuff. It, ma- it makes it so personal. <laughs> and it gives you joy in those little moments. And, you know, that's where we have to look for it, because as you as you referenced a bit ago, the world is in a state right now. I mean, mm-hmm. so. So to find joy and and share these little gifts and these little moments, sometimes that's the best we can do. We don't get those big, joyful experiences all the time, but we can always find joy in a peanut butter and jelly sandwich well made. <laughs> well, I mean, just, just like this book. I mean, it, it just, it, I would write a story, then another story, then another story. Then it got to be, dang, this could be a book. And then another story. And then, <laughs> so it just kept, adding to itself, you know, and then, so write one story, start with your story and then say, Hey, wait a minute. I mean, I've got, I've got another story. I mean, and my friend Jeannie Robertson passed away in August and I love Jeannie. And a year ago I was on her show uh, from the back porch. And um, she always said to me, always ask people for something funny. What's the funniest thing, especially flight attendants. What's the funniest thing you've ever seen? So I was with a bunch of flight attendants at a speaker at a meeting, and I got some pretty funny material. One was a flight attendant on a on a midnight flight, one of the red eyes from L.A. to New York. And it was so they were so tired, so punchy, and it was so turbulent. She was holding on to the seat, trying to get to the back of the plane. And all of a sudden she went, oh, I can't believe I didn't fall. And she had a man's toupee on her arm. (laughs) So a couple weeks ago, we had a a arborist friend of ours from Florida come up and help take care of a tree that was being choked. It was, you know, being trumpeted up. You could just see the roots were, I mean, 400 year old oak tree, y'all had to save my tree. And so she had a friend with her. (laughs) He said that he heard his girls talking one time. This is funny. And one one of them said, daddy, I want mama to have another baby. And the other little girl said, hush, you know, mama told us she had her boobs tied. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, you got to ask for stuff, ask for funny stuff and just learn how to create stories. It gets fun. You got to find the funny. Oh, yeah. You have to, there are moments where we can create and share joy in every single day. And boy, do you do that for us every time we get a chance to talk to you. Y'all are so sweet. Thank y'all for being <laughs> my influencers. I'm so excited. Hey, well, and I'll tell so you this, you... in ahead, terms Kristen. of this uh, finding the funny, it is actually one of the smartest guests we have ever had that is a mega doctor brainiac, David Fagenbaum, New York Times bestseller. He even says, that funny and finding humor is a huge part of resilience and and being brilliantly resilient and moving on from broken to brilliant. It's like a sense of humor is the way to go. So there you go. We now have scientific proof that we are helping the world scientifically by making them laugh today. And with your cat sitting on your internet. I wish this cat could to sweep my house because it would take care of if the, the tail is flying because they're birds. <laughs> oh, it's just that's what I wrote down first. The cat is sitting on my internet. <laughs> oh my gosh, you should see it. It's just it's just fixated on so I can't move it either. It gets mad. No. And then working. So I hope this broadcast is is not too fuzzy. Because I can tell you my cat's messing it up. 
we're not seeing any, we're not seeing any any fuzzies or any even any cat fur flying around so it's, <laughs> it's all good Jane Jenkins Herlong, thank you so much for joining us. We always have so much fun when you come with us and you always share so much light and love and joy. And I want everybody to know where they can find you and where can we find your book? Well, please go to janeherlong.com. And as soon as you go there, you'll see a place you can order this book from several vendors. It's a really cute book. And if someone orders now, what I would love to do is get their mailing address, just Jane at Jane at JaneHerlong.com, H-E-R-L-O-N-G. Send me a screenshot and mailing address and I'll send you a tote. Yay. <laughs> me too. But, um, humor. Love it. Yes. Thank y'all so much. And thank you for being my influencer too. And you'll be getting the book. And I believe right now, because of the supply chain issues, it's been pushed about a month out to, um, so from now. So it's close to April the 18th is what they're telling me. So I'm trying to hold my horses y'all, but I, I love the book. I think it's going to be a fun, helpful book for women in all ages. And uh, I just hope it's a blessing. And y'all have blessed me today. I can tell you that. Well, right back at you. And we want to encourage everybody to go out there and, and get some of Jane's joy, because I will tell you, you can lift someone up in, in a moment who's having a tough day, Jane. So thank you again for joining us, everybody. Thanks for being part of Brilliantly Resilient. I always turn it over to my partner because she knows how to end this and I always forget stuff. So there you go. <laughs> well, thanks, everybody. And thanks, Jane, for hope and humor. That is just your, your, your face will always pop into my mind when I think about that. It's absolutely fantastic. And for more hope, humor, and bits of brilliance, go to brilliantlyresilient.net, blink three times, and you can get on our mailing list where every week we will send you a less than one minute read that will give you hope, humor, and skills to live brilliantly resilient. We'll see you all next time. Bye, everybody.